With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash acquire. That's linkedin.com slash acquire. Terms and conditions apply. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. For Larry Morrow, this is success. Being able to provide for my family, to see uh, my mom happy, see my grandmother happy, my big sister. From Business Insider, I'm Rich Filoni. If you want to know where to go and who to talk to in New Orleans, Larry Morrow's your guy. After he dropped out of college, the 27-year-old entrepreneur committed full-time to his event planning business. To run parties and performances for celebrities like Drake, Migos, Diddy, Lil Wayne, Mary J. Blige, and Floyd Mayweather. Earlier this year, he opened a restaurant called Morrow's. It's been a huge success thanks to visits from some of the celebrities he works with. Now, Morrow's a million-dollar business owner with a plan to take his ventures national. But he started out as a gambler, both at the casino and with side projects, like a t-shirt brand he started in high school. Yeah, I was just printing out uh, things that had a graphic design, and we would sit there for hours and create these t-shirts. And once I saw a lot of people wearing them, I would literally go places and I see so many people with these t-shirts on. Uh, it, it, it motivated me to continue to keep that going, but when I turned 20 years old, I did a party. I think it was like my 28th birthday. I did a party, and uh, that was like the birth of Larry Morrow, the promoter, <laughs> because I made like I made like eleven thousand dollars that night. And from that moment forward, I'm like, wow, I can make money doing this. So I just took off with it, you know. Wait, so so you you had a party to like promote your brand? Well, so I, yeah, I used the party to promote my brand, but I also wanted to you know make some money because you know I was getting popular. I was always kind of popular, <laughs> but. Um, like, it just started to grow, like, when I started to sell the T-shirts. And then I did this party and saw how many people came out to support. It was, like, seven, 800 people. I made, like, $11,000. And um, from that moment forward, I'm like, you know what? It's time to go on to the next level. So that's when I kind of just left Chump Change alone because it was too much to— I tried to do them both at the same time, but it was just a little too much to try to focus on that and the events. And I was making much more money doing the events. How did you pull in— 800 people though I mean like I know you're saying you're popular but it's not as if you have like 800 close friends who right. are just gonna come party with well, you well see I was doing um, I was doing like it was Facebook at the time so on Facebook I would promote these parties on Facebook I would get friends to promote I would like do little contests on Facebook send people pizza to the house have it delivered to the house anything just to kind of draw attraction to a party I didn't expect it to be that big but when I pulled up and saw all the people <laughs> and counted the money at the end of the night I, 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 was, I was definitely uh Surprise. <laughs> so it's like 11 grand or something? Yeah, 11 grand, yep. Wow. 11 so, grand. so when you decided to make a business out of creating parties, do you see that connected to this idea that you had for selling T-shirts? Like what, what was motivating you? What were you passionate about? So what was motivating me was um, my family. Like, you know, we all experience ups and downs in life. And um, 
My mom, she was going through divorce. Uh, I didn't grow up poor. My mom, she took great care of me and my sister. And, you know, it, it, she taught us a lot. So um, she'd done so much for us, and I just wanted to make sure that I was, you know, paying her back. Uh, that kind of gave me that extra push because it, um, it pushed me to drop out of college, uh, quit both of my jobs. I was a lifeguard in the morning from 8 to 4, and I did valet from 5 to 11. Um, I quit both of my jobs, dropped out of college, and started to focus on these events because um, I knew it was working. And I wanted to be able to get in a position to help my family because when I was in college, I was in class one day, and my professor, he called— um, You went to Tulane, right? I went to Tulane. He called me. He was like, um, Mr. Morrow, he wanted me to repeat what he just said. And I couldn't and uh, because I was daydreaming. I was trying to figure things out. Like, I was the kid that was sitting in class and just brainstorm on different ideas and try to figure things out. And I couldn't answer his question, you know, at the class. I just didn't come back because you know, I'm like, you know what? I got to make something happen because right now, uh, you know, for me, school isn't going to accomplish the things that I want at this moment. So I had to uh, take that leap of faith. So I dropped out of college, quit both of my jobs, and just went full-time with Larry Morrow events. Yeah, so you drop out of college sophomore year. What did your your mom say? Oh, my mom, like, of course, every, you know, everybody's parents want them to pursue college. My grandmother, she was really on me because she really wanted me to uh, graduate. And, you know, that's the American dream to uh, the old American dream in my book, you know, because uh, that's what your parents want you to do. They want you to go to school, get a job. But with me, it's, it's more so uh, I'm, I'm a big risk taker, you know. I'm out there creating my... Um, the life I desire for me and my family. So this is my American dream. You know, I had to you know, take take those risks to put us in a better position. And my grandmother to this day, she's so happy. Like, she told me the other day we were having lunch. And she was like, I'm so proud of you. And if your, uh, if your grandfather was still here, he'll be so happy for you. And she was like, back in Korea, she, she, she she's, a, she's been in America for 30-plus years, but she doesn't speak. You can still hear her accent. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to understand what she's saying. But she was trying to compare me to a dragon in Korea. She was like, you're a dragon. I said, what you mean? She said, you know how a dragon, when you see them, like they, like they float, or they, like, you know how the parades, you see the dragons, they always up high? And she was like, you're the dragon in the family. I'm like, wow. I'm like, that's major because she was like, uh, I'm just so proud of you because, you know, my grandmother, she always wanted me to pursue college and go to college, get a job. She wanted that security. But now it's like, I'm so happy. I'm so proud of you. Uh, all the things you've done. You know, it took seven years to change my family's life. Like my grandmother, she just quit a job. You know, she worked 12 hours a day from 8 in the morning to 8 at night. So she quit a job, and now she don't have to work anymore. So opened up the restaurant and just doing what I do, providing jobs for my family and just creating some stability within my family. You know, it's uh, always been a goal of mine. So it's like everyone knows you in the, the city at this point? Oh, man, yeah. It's like <laughs> like I, I do a lot in the city, you know, outside of just the events, the restaurant, uh, philanthropy. You know, I give back to the community. I bring a lot of big names from Drake, Diddy, Floyd Mayweather, Chris Brown, uh, Migos. You know, I bring a lot of people there. So I'm providing nightlife, but outside of nightlife, I'm providing, you know, the restaurant, the experience. You know, when you come to New Orleans, you will get a great experience if you think we didn't have one. I want to step back a little bit too. Before you, you became like the the Larry that everyone knew and that was running all these cool events, had a restaurant. When you dropped out of college, what did you have like on your on your plate in front of you? Like, what were you what were you gonna do? And then how did you go about doing it? All right, so I did everything. I dropped out of college, quit both of my jobs, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go full time with Larry Morrow events. So I just took that leap of faith. I didn't have it all figured out. I was just pretty much just 
just going with it, you know. But it was a it was a long journey. Like as soon as I dropped out, I started to do these events. I'm partying, drinking, thinking that's the cool thing to do. You know, it was more so about having fun with my friends, making a few dollars, drinking. You were taking part in your own parties too much. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it, it was it was like it was a transition. I'm like you know I'm partying. Um, I was putting on weight, waking up at one in one in the evening. Uh, it was getting the best of me, and I think it would get the best of anyone because it's something, you know. Of course, we all go through that college. Yeah, you were young. Want to party, yeah. drink, and no, I was young, so I was I was gambling as well. So once I became twenty one, man, between drinking, gambling, and partying, uh, it got the best of me. And I was gambling in the casino for like two years straight, um, for like ten hours a day. Uh, you know, I would spend a lot of my time in there, and I would lose my money, and I would be upset. And you know, it was just a lot I was going through between the parties. So I would make good money from my events, going to casino, lose it all. I would go make. Three, four thousand, whatever I made, going to casino, blow it all. And, and, so, and at this point, were you you saving anything, or was this? Yeah, all yeah, no, 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 no. I was saving. I will always save more than I will lose, you know. But because uh, at twenty three, I opened up a restaurant. I opened up Larry's Poor Boys and Wings, and uh, that was uh, it was like premature. Like it happened at the wrong time. Like between that gambling, the parties, drinking, I call twenty thirteen like the best worst year of my life because I lost so much, but I learned so much more. So I ended up opening a restaurant, shutting down the restaurant like four months because my mother, she got pregnant with, with business partners on the restaurant. And, you know, it just, it was hard. You know, being 23, mentally not being there, spiritually not being there, it was tough. So um, we ended up shutting down the restaurant. And after that, uh, I lost a lot of money in casino. It was like a domino effect. So I lost a lot of money in casino. I lost 35000 one night. Um, wait, wait, could you, could you explain that what that so, night was? Yeah. So I always like it's hard for me to quit. You know, whenever if I lose a dollar, I gotta stay there until I make my dollar back. Uh, that one night, I decided to go all in. I'm there for hours. I remember it was like some NBA game on because I remember watching it while I was playing, and my friend was with me. But uh, I remember walking out the casino and calling my mom and letting her know what I just done. I was 23 at the time, and I just needed somebody to comfort me. How much did you lose? Thirty-five thousand. So I needed somebody to comfort me, and she knows, like, if anybody knows my mom, she knows because she was a big-time gambler. You know, she used to gamble a lot. You know, she made—she didn't want a lot of money, but she lost a lot of money. But at the end, she learned, just as I did, and, you know, that the casino wasn't the way. You know, you got to—you know, if you want to come up, you got to go grind and get it, you know. If you make some money in the casino, cool, extra money, but don't let that control who you are because the casino got the best of me, you know. But it taught me a life lesson, you know. I took it as a sign from God. He was trying to humble me because I was young. I was making fast money. I was partying. I was drinking. I was gambling. I was just doing too much, and I think it got the best of me. So I used that little time to just refocus and get my mind right, start to pray more. And I'm like, you know what? If you ever put me in this position again, I won't uh, handle it the way I did. And uh, from that moment forward, things changed, man. I started to pray more. I became more spiritually connected and um just uh, ate better, you know, just kind of switch it up because what what I was doing at the time was obviously going wrong, uh, gambling, drinking, partying, and just everything else. What what were you thinking that night when you lost all that money, when you, like, got back to your car? Like, what was going through your head? Man, I was hurt. I mean, not something I cried about, but because um, I always gambled. I lost money. That was the biggest loss I ever had. Biggest loss I ever had. Do you have um, anything left? No, I mean, I mean, I was, like, literally broke, but I was in a position to where I was doing this party, uh, Jax, on Sundays. It's like, it's to this day, people, four years later, people still talking about, like, man, bring Jax back, bring Jax back. I used to do all the Saints game after parties, had everybody party in there, and I made good money. So if I would lose money, 
I can go make money back, you know, but it don't always work out like that. You know, sometimes you may think you're going to make money, but you lose money. I ended up, uh, you know, just, you know, just getting my mind right, you know, trying to get back on track. And uh, that's what I did. And now, you know, you can see things obviously change, you know. Something I, I thought interesting, like with your book, is that you open with a scene of you like shooting dice behind the barbershop as a kid. Tell me about that and what, why is that like a memory that sticks out to you? So my friends, uh, my best friend Cliff, he showed me how to shoot dice when we were like 10 years old. And it was so bad. I was like 10 years old shooting dice. I would walk to the store for, with my mom's um, store money. Like she would send me to the store to get bread. And uh, I would go gamble her money. And I remember one time I lost her money. And I was like crying for my money back just so I could go get the bread <laughs> from my mom. But it was something that, uh, it was like a, it was something we did to stay out of trouble when we were young. You know, just like a little game that we just, we played, threw around dollar bills. And um, as we got older, we started to gamble more and bet more. And um, I feel like that molded me to the young man I was and grew me into a man because I became numb to risk at an early age. You know, shooting dice, gambling with guys twice my age and uh, with friends. It also showed me the value of a dollar, you know, because uh, we cherish those dollars. But uh, that dollar I was cherishing at, at a young age, I would lose, and I would go home hurt. <laughs> but it also uh, made me become numb to risk, you know, so I'm able to tolerate much more than I used to because, you know, just gambling, you know, just, just learning, you know. So it's like this idea of always taking big risks. How do you find using this in like a, a constructive way instead of it becoming a problem like it, it did at, at various points in your life. So I always gamble. That's something I was familiar with. So I had to take what I was familiar with and apply it to what I was doing. Uh, I, I just realized I had to, you know, just switch it up. You know, I had to start gambling, investing in myself and stop gambling on the game where the odds were stacked against me and start investing in myself where the odds are more in my favor. I know more about my industry than I did know what was under that card, you know, it's face down. I don't know what's underneath there, but I can tell you the odds and the projections of what I may do by bringing Drake or doing this party, investing this money, because I know more about it. So I decided to um, just gamble in, in, in the industry I'm in, and it wasn't always pretty. You know, I lost a lot of money doing it. Like, people don't understand the the amount of money I invest into my company, you know, and everything isn't for profit. You know, some of it's to build a relationship. So when I did that Drake party, like everybody thinking like, oh, Larry put it on this great party. He won, He made so much money. Nah, I actually lost like 25000 for that party. Really? And I was able to endure those things because I lost in the past. You know, I lost money coming up. I lost money in the casino. I lost money with the restaurant. I lost money with a bunch of different things. So my endurance for it was totally different. So when I lost that $25,000, i am like, you know what? It done something bigger for me. It built my brand. It, it, it added to my resume. It motivated me to go a lot harder. I'm like, you know what? I got to make this back. But I still put together this great event that everybody still talk about. And, you know, too many people can't say they, they, they brought Drake in town and worked with him and been able to build with him, you know? So it kind of seems like you've accepted that, whether it's gambling or just chasing risk, that that's part of your personality. I never did a drug a day in my life. But gambling, like when I was in that casino at that table, I knew what it felt like to be addicted because it's something I couldn't stop. Like I would give friend, my friends money before I go in. Like, don't let me touch this. You know, I'm going to go up in with these few dollars. Don't let me get this money. Man, I'm damn near about to wrestle my friend down in the casino to get my money. <laughs> and uh, it's been so many days like that. John Boy, Kendall, Cliff, uh, all my friends, like, I would really have to wrestle them down to get my money because I'm like, yo, look, no matter what happens, don't let me touch this money. But then I'm there trying to get the money. So it's applying that now 
with your businesses and stuff, it's like you know you know how to uh, play the game. Like, the odds are more in your favor when yes, you're taking yes. these. So I take I take a lot of big risks, man. It's like, you know, if I lose, you know what? You got to stay on my grind. I got to get it back, you know? At what point were you able to start bringing in those those celebrities? Like, what was the first one that you were so in? So the first person I brought was Dre and Michelle. This was when I was 20 or 21. And um, I brought Dre and Michelle in town. She uh, was on Basketball, basketball Wives. She came down. She came down with some friends and a manager, Marcus. Uh, when they got down to the city, they wanted to go eat. They How'd they find go- out about you in the first place? Well, I reached out to them. Okay. I reached out to them to host one of my parties. And uh, at the time, I had a partner. Um, so when Dre and Michelle came down, they wanted to get their hair and nails done. We go to the salon. I'm like, yo, look, let's go half, you know, on, on the hair and nails. And he, was, he, he didn't really want to, so I paid for it. Went to dinner. I told him, let's go half. He didn't want to. I paid for it. And I'm 20 years old. And he was like, like five, six years older than me at the time. And um, he didn't want to go half on it. So I paid for it. And um, pretty much, long story short, at the end of that trip, they, um, they told me, they was like, you know what? Out of all the cities you've been to, you took care of us more out of all the cities you've been to. And you being the youngest, it's just like they were impressed by it. So they extended an invite for me to come to L.A., I think for New Year's Eve. So this was right before I turned 21, I remember. So when I went out there, they invited, they brought me to church, they brought me to the clubs and introduced me to people that I'm still building with to this day. And um, it just showed me the value in relationships, how I didn't do anything out of the ordinary. All I did was be myself and, and show them that Southern hospitality when they came to my city. From that stemmed um, a relationship that, like, you know, I have, you know, I called Drea. She hosted a party for me recently, and, you know, I just still had that relationship. So it taught me a lot knowing that I didn't do anything out of ordinary. All I did was be who I was, you know. From that moment forward, I realized, you know, my niche, yeah. you know, the things that worked for me. So I just started to continue to do that and book people, win, lose, or draw. You know, I was booking, you know, I would lose. And one thing a lot of people, you know, entrepreneurs, they lose or they, they fail at something, and, you know, that's the end. But with me, it's like every time I failed, I came back stronger. You know, it motivated me to continue to to uh, reach that next level. You know, I didn't give up easy. And did that business partner that you started off with, did that not work out because you weren't seeing Yeah, no, we, we had two different visions. And I say in my book, it's like when you align yourself with somebody, y'all got to believe in the same things. Like y'all have to... Y'all got to, like, share some of the same vision, and we didn't, you know. So we worked together for three, four years. And I'm thankful for that situation because it taught me so much. And a uh, good dude, but, you know, we just had two different visions. And um, I, I, I think it was best that we parted ways. And let me tell you, when we did, it was on. <laughs> it was on because when you, when you do have a business partner, you got to understand that, you know, it's not all about what you want. It's also about what they want. Um, not saying it's not good to have a business partner because you can go further together than you can on your own but I like I took off and at what point were you starting to make serious money where you could like front like I don't know like 70 grand for so, a party so um after well after I lost in the casino 2013 when I, the best worst year of my life that's when things started getting on track you know I didn't have a partner and that's when I started to invest so I'm seeing 100% of my profits you know I wasn't splitting 50-50 so when I do an event if I make 4,000 if I make 10,000 if I make 20,000 I'm seeing 100% of my money. I didn't have any investors from that moment forward. I invested on my own. I would just save my money up, you know, invest in things and, you know, just build it up and just keep flipping my money until I was able to invest in bigger artists. So it didn't start off like, oh, booking Drake and Diddy. No, Drake and Diddy was the the last two years. Started off booking Dre and Michelle, uh, TV personalities, booking uh, 
people with five, ten thousand dollars, and then as time progressed, it went up and up. You know, I started to invest twenty thousand, thirty thousand, forty thousand, seventy thousand. Um, so it's just you know, it's like I started to climb that ladder. You know, I would go all in. Like I, I would put all my money up and not have no money. You know, and uh, it'll work out in my favor. Well, do do you uh, do you still do that where you're putting everything out? On the line, or do you have like more well, safeguards against that? I got no. more safeguards because yeah. I got a lot more on the line. You know, I'm not yeah. the little 23, 24 <laughs> year old anymore to where yeah. I don't have, uh, I got bills, I got real bills, I got a uh, family, I got, you know, I got people I, I take care of, and I have other businesses that I got to keep afloat too from the restaurant and my. Um, but I put my money, my money's in much safer places now. I'm not putting it all on the line. I have a uh, property, you know, no matter what, I own this property. And I can sell this and make, you know, money. So, no, I, I don't risk it all like I used to, but I do risk a good bit of it. Why do you think that is part of your personality? Is it is it like an optimism or is it like... I don't know. I think just I'm just so passionate about the things. Like anything that I'm doing right now, I'm doing it because I'm passionate about it, you know. Um, and when you're passionate about something, they say passion fuels purpose. So just me being so passionate about what I'm doing, it's it's easier for me to love it and wake up in the morning and go get to it, you know. But, you know, me being here, like, sometimes people think I got this all figured out. You know, it's days I wake up, leave the house, don't know where I'm going, what I'm doing. I just know I got work to do. So it's just me being passionate about life and motivated by what I can do for my family and and, uh, living life without limits, you know, being able to, you know, take my mother and my family on a trip, my girlfriend, uh, my friends, and and just live life. You know, I think that's what it's about. You know, we all gotta, uh, we all gotta leave this earth one day. So I think while we're here, we need to make the best of it, and um, that's what I'm doing. You know. Yeah. And at what point did you decide that you wanted to get back into the restaurant industry if these events are going so well? So, once again, creating stability for my family. Had an opportunity to open up another restaurant. And, you know, most people would be afraid to go into the restaurant industry again when they failed at it once. And this is Morrow's, New Orleans. Morrow's, New Orleans, yes. So um, open up this restaurant. It's crazy. Like, this restaurant has changed me and my family's life because we started off and it was crazy. Like, you couldn't even come in without waiting three hours from the day we opened. How did you pull that off? I have relationships. I have, like, people that I know, not locally, nationally. Uh, I deal with a lot of artists. And I built a reputation for producing great events and, like, you know, just taking care of people. Just like James Cruz, like, a guy came down to New Orleans, right, and he wanted me to help produce this event. And he was like, man, I'm sitting down talking to you because I was in New York in the office with James Cruz, and James Cruz is Diddy's manager. And he was like, oh, you going to New Orleans? Make sure when you go to New Orleans, you got to deal with Larry Morrow. He runs that city. And, you know, that, that wasn't something that I didn't have to, like, that just happened. You know, and, you know, that's just from building relationships and uh, staying persistent in everything I was doing. So when people come to New Orleans, like, you know, they may reach out like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, I I do the nightlife. I got the restaurant. It just helped out. And the restaurant from, like I said, from day one was just amazing. Like Drake came by, Karuchi, Nishi Nash. Yeah, so it's using all this network that you built up. Yeah, like. Mary J. Blige, uh, Tiana Taylor, uh, Ro Timmy from Power, Joe from Power, uh, well, Tommy from Power. Like, anybody you can think of has been to the restaurant. And, I, like, I put this sign in front. I had the option to put this little cheap sign in the front or I can get this aluminum one that light up with the M on it. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Instead of going the, the cheap route, I'm going to go ahead and invest money into this sign. So when people will come in town, I started to take pictures with them in front of the sign. Now I see people get dressed up to come to the restaurant to snap up in front of the sign. 
it's like it's been all over all over social media. You know, like in five months, the page didn't gain like 40,000 followers. So just utilizing branding and marketing, what I've been doing in the past years in relationships, when people see it on, on social media, they, they, they're very familiar with it before they get to New Orleans because so many people have blessed the spot and take taking those pictures in front of the building, you know? Yeah. So what's next for you? If you you got events, you've got a restaurant, what oh, is... Oh, I'm about to. Yeah. I'm about to dominate in this restaurant industry. Like I always tell people, it's about delegation. Like you got to delegate things to people in order to run multiple businesses. So now it's like, you know what? My mom, she can cook her butt off. So now it's like, all right, cool. We're about to dominate in this restaurant industry. Like about to buy any and everything, property, open up more restaurants, lounge, lounges, whatever, you know? So, um... Me just knowing it's possible is like, you know, if this was a basketball game, I would consider this the the warm up before the first quarter. Like, you know, this isn't even the first quarter yet. You know, this is only the beginning. So, uh, you can expect to see so much more, so much more. When you're looking at your entire career, like over the last few years and stuff, what do you think is the biggest challenge that you've had to overcome? Just staying focused, man. Because I think society, especially like in the urban community, society teaches us. So many um, things, like we should have the nice watches, the nice cars, spend money, you know, all, all the material things. And I went through that phase, you know. Um, had the $40,000 watches. I bust down Rolexes. Uh, you know, just spending money on clothes and just, you know, just doing all the things that society teaches you. And I had to realize, like, you know what? It's not about the materialistic things. It's, it's more about providing something for my family and, and creating some stability, creating some generational wealth to where my kid don't have to worry about college, how tuition going to get paid, you know, or things like that. You know, the, the, the more real life things, you know. So that's one of the things that's been the toughest challenge, just staying focused. You know, when was that moment where you decided that you didn't need to start any money you made, you didn't have to start, like, just spending it? Yeah, um, I don't know, man. I, when was it? It was, like, maybe a few years ago. So I had this watch, and I paid $40,000 for it. <laughs> I, I, I would go out of town. It was cool. It was, had all the diamonds in it. It was beautiful. You know what I mean? But I felt like that watch, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want that watch to make me who I was. You know, like, it, it caused a lot of attention, but uh, I realized at one point, like, you know what? I don't need this. You know, I got a house on my on, on my wrist. I can go invest into a piece of property that can make me money versus wear this watch that, oh, nothing's wrong with watches, but it's, it's you got to put priorities first. You know, like go ahead and buy the forty thousand dollar watch when you're able, and can buy multiple watches. But at the time, you know, I was investing and you know still trying to figure things out. I didn't know I was going to own a restaurant. I didn't know I was going to be here today. I think I made the right moves by deciding to not be so um, want to wear the Gucci shirts all day. You know, like don't get me wrong, I wear those things, but I'm not as flashy. Like at one point, I thought I was a rapper or something. <laughs> I thought I was a rapper, and I'm like, you know what? You're not a rapper. You know, so stop trying to portray this image of you being a rapper so I had to dumb it down a little bit and um you know just kind of get my mind right you know not be so focused on the material things and how do you personally define success success for me is being able to provide for my family if you had to ask me am I successful yes because I'm able to provide for my family you know everybody uh definition of success is different mine is just being able to take care of my family and provide for them so so it's like linking uh, your I'm ambition happy. to that yes i'm happy you know i couldn't be happier just to see uh, my mom happy see my grandmother happy my big sister you know i grew up in a family of women my mom my sister my grandmother and uh me being the only man being the youngest of of my siblings my, my me and my sister she's a little older than me uh, i had a woman take care of me my whole life 
you know. So, like, now that I'm older, I make sure that, you know, I do what I can to take care of them. I kind of just took things into my own hands, and, uh, you know, my family hurt, I hurt. When things didn't go our way, for my, when things didn't go my mom's way or my grandmother's way, my sister's way, you know, uh, it didn't go my way. Why? Because when they hurting and you're growing up in a household with all women, you know, you, you want them to be happy. And um, so I just did my best to make sure that, you know, we can um, get out those holes, those situations, you know. So it seems like to get back to this idea of gambling, too, that you kind of want to put yourself in these situations where you're having all of this pressure on you because that's like what you, I ain't you lie. seek out. Pressure, yes, pressure has allowed me to grow. Um, like my friend, uh, I mean not my friend, my cousin Cleveland, uh, my older cousin out in Chicago. He told me like one day was years years back we was having a talk and he was like, I was just telling him like how stressed out I was. Uh, it's so much on my back, family stuff. We gotta help out, do this. And he was like, cause if the same thing that's motivating you. Like, why are you so eager to get rid of the same thing that's motivating you? So I was so eager to get rid of our problems, financial problems, to where uh, I don't have the problems anymore. But he was like, if this is the same thing that's propelling you, why are you just trying to take it away? And I'm like, you know what? You're right. Like, if I'm motivated by all this that's going on, why am I so eager to take it away? You know, even though our the restaurant's doing well, my family's doing much better, that, that don't eliminate all the problems, you know? So uh, I'm still motivated and uh, eager to you know, continue to grow so that we can be in a much better position, you know. And what advice would you give to someone who wants to, to have a career like yours? I say stay persistent. You know, for all entrepreneurs, I definitely say stay persistent because, uh, you know, you're going to fail. Life is not meant to be pretty. It's meant to be a bumpy road. You know, if it was smooth and if it was easy, I don't think we'll appreciate success as much. But just stay persistent even when you fail, whenever things aren't going your way. When you know you're having your, uh, those those dark days, you know when when you feel like the the wor- the weight of the world is on your shoulders, you know just keep going because um at the end of each tunnel there's light, you know, and I, I think just my persistence uh, helped me get to where I'm at, you know, and not um, taking no, you know I'm I'm very like you can't tell me no, like no I gotta go get it, you know I got to, so you know don't don't do things just for the dollar, you know you gotta you gotta do it because you love it and just see how it can eventually make you money. So persistence and then following your heart, you know? Well, thanks so much, Larry. Nah, thank y'all. Thanks for listening to This Is Success from Business Insider. Our show is produced by Anna Mazarakis and Sarah Wyman. Dan Bobkoff is our executive producer, and I'm Rich Filoni. Before you go, we'll check in with Larry Morrow one last time. To learn something about him, he says most people are shocked to discover. Everybody think I'm uh, the socialite that loved the spotlight. And I'm like the complete opposite. People just think I'm just this uh this outgoing. I'm very outgoing, but I'm just this uh this turn up guy, yeah. you know, who uh likes to listen to all this party music. Nah, I'm like the opposite. <laughs> I like listen to R and B, I like mellow things, I like to chill and outside of events. Like I don't like to go to the club unless it's like go and check out some clubs to um bring back some stuff to the city, you know? Yeah, so I'm definitely uh not not a I'm I'm not the turn up guy. Yeah. You know, I'm more of like the the old the old soul. Next week on the show, we've got Brad Katsuyama, the co-founder and CEO of the stock exchange IEX. He's the unlikely hero of the Michael Lewis bestseller Flash Boys. In the middle of his research and his writing, he said, "I'm having a lot of trouble writing about you." And he said, "Cuz you're kind of boring." To hear that episode and more, make sure you subscribe to our show. And while you're at it, give us a rating and leave us a review, letting us know what you think. It really helps us grow our audience. 
This is Success is a production of Insider Audio. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence.